Yeah, perfect. Well, welcome here in this first block in hopefully a series on lay preaching. Um, this series is first of all intended as a series of books for lay preachers. Um, why? Well, lay preachers have to prepare sermons, study the Bible, interpret the Word of God, uh, write a sermon and deliver that sermon, but normally speaking they are not trained as a theologian. They are not trained as a regular pastor is trained. And this series of blog is, blogs is focused on lay preachers just to educate them and to help them and to guide them, to give them certain instructions, to help them in studying the Bible and interpreting the Word of God and writing a sermon and delivering that sermon, that they may grow in all that work. This series of blocks actually, or this series on lay preaching began in Provid at Providence Reformed Church in Grand Rapids a local congregation, part of the Reformed Church in America. Uh, that local congregation is firmly rooted in Reformed experiential preaching. So you will see that in this series of blocks. You read here, lay preaching in the Reformed tradition. Why did Providence Reformed Church start a lay preaching class and now a series of blocks on lay preaching. Well, Providence Reformed Church is a very active church and they have a group of lay preachers preaching in rest homes on the streets downtown Grand Rapids or anywhere else. Um, in jail or uh, prisons and the consistory um, decided years ago to equip them and to start the lay preaching class. Well, this series of blogs is a result of that lay preaching class. We will cover various topics. Of course, first of all, exegesis, because making a sermon, delivering a sermon, all begins with studying the Bible and interpreting the Bible. But when we speak about exegesis, we speak about hermeneutics the rules, the method of interpreting God's word. And when we prepare a sermon and deliver a sermon, we speak about homiletics, how to communicate in a sermon, in, in preaching the word of God. Well, everything we cover, and by the way, we cover far more. What about liturgy? Delivering a sermon is always combined with making a liturgy. It's part of a liturgy. So we have to speak about that liturgy. We have to speak about different translations of God's word. Which translation preferably to use? Or does it, or does it matter at all? Um, we will cover something about Greek and Hebrew. Because the Bible is written in Greek and Hebrew. So many things. But all these things in a way, we will bring in a way understandable for an average churchgoer Christian labor. And this series of blocks might be fruitful for not only lay preachers. Um, because every ordinary Christian studies the Bible, 
So, and every ordinary Christian can benefit from this series of blogs. How to study God's word, how to interpret it, God's word, how to teach my children or family members in God's word. And, of course, we focus not only on Christians in the Reformed tradition. It might be very beneficial for our non-Reformed brothers and sisters to listen to the series of blogs and to learn what the Reformed brothers and sisters think about preaching. It might be very beneficial to listen to a different view than they are used to. Well, let's go on to the next sheet. Today, just shortly, an introduction. First of all, why do we preach? Why do we bring God's word? Well, it all begins, of course, because it is according to Christ's command. Matthew 28, that very well-known text, all power is given unto me. We hear the Lord himself. Given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. A clear command from the Lord himself to teach, to preach, to instruct all nations. Well, but actually, we read something similar in the beginning of the Bible. Genesis 1, back in paradise. Adam and Eve, and we with them, heard, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, fill the earth, subdue, and have dominion. But they were supposed to fill the earth as image bearers of God. In other words, they were supposed to fill the earth as kings under God and to bring the knowledge of God and to show God's glory in that image. So, and that can only be done in words and deeds. That's why we read oftentimes in the Psalms the, the glory of the Lord over the earth. For example, Psalm 8, O Lord, O Lord, how excellent thy name in all the earth. So God's name is spread across the globe. And of course, the last thing, why do we preach? The Apostle Paul says it so clearly. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him or whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? In other words, salvation requires the preaching of God's word. What a task it is to preach. What do we preach? Of course, God's word. Preaching is not bringing nice stories about what's going on in our time, or nice you know, history stories, or telling all kinds of stories about our own life. No. Preaching is bringing God's word. Romans 10. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Preaching focuses first of all on preaching the word of God. 
we read the same thing in that famous text of 2 Timothy 3. The Holy Scriptures, God's words, are God's word are able to make thee wise unto salvation. That's what we do in preaching. We preach God's word. And it's so important because faith is through the preaching of God's word. And then we read all scripture is given by inspiration of God, profitable. Well, we all know this very well-known text. We read something similar in Psalm 19. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Preaching is bringing God's word to the soul of man. But preaching is not easy. This sounds complicated. Well, it's not. God once spoke in time. He spoke to certain preachers, and these preachers had hearers. After some time, these words were written down. There we have God's written word. But then it begins. This was all long ago. And that message from God's words needs to be studied by a preacher and brought to an audience, to listeners. And there many things happen. First of all, God's word is from two to four thousand years ago. It is so far away from us in time, in history, in culture, in language, in geography. It is not only in time, right? Two thousand, four thousand years ago, a totally different time. It is in the Middle East, and they spoke different languages, Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic. We don't speak these languages. It is in another part of the world. We hardly know the climate there, the geography. So there are so many barriers in understanding God's word because it is so far removed from us in time and in location. But there's more. God's word isn't easy. On one hand, it is unity, of course. It's God's word. On the other hand, it is not a unity at all because we have different, we have 66 different Bibles. We have different genres. We have different characters there. We have different settings. So there are many differences in God's word. And we have to keep that in mind when we study God's word and when we interpret God's word. And then thirdly, we speak about communication. The preacher reads and studies God's word. And the preacher, preacher has the task to bring a message to an audience. Communication. But as soon as we speak about communication, there is noise. We are all sinners. We understand only in part. We might have physical problems like an illness that has an influence on our thinking. We might have psychological issues. There are semantic issues. We have, the listeners are part of different cultures. We have a seats in Leben. We have a certain history in life. And all of this creates noise. The preacher can be far removed from his audience in this regard. Well, communication isn't easy at all. 
some examples. Preaching is not so straightforward. What about the creation story? Did it really happen or not? Did it take place in six days or not? What kind of genre is Genesis 1 and Genesis 2? Or what about the laws in the Old Testament? Are they still applicable? And yes, how? And what is the meaning of it for us? Or what about a head covering? Some of us will say, well, we need a head covering. Others will say, well, women don't need a head covering. We read the same Bible, but we have different, we find different meanings in God's word. So you see, interpreting God's word and bringing a message, it's not so straightforward. Conclusion, for this first block, we need a good sound interpretation process to cover all these issues. We need to think about the process of studying God's word, interpreting it, writing a sermon, delivering a sermon. We need, of course, biblical norms because it's all about God's word. And since it is about God's word, we need the guidance of God himself. We can't be a preacher, we cannot even study God's word without the Holy Spirit and without love for God. These things are so important. Well, next time we hope to pick it up here. One more thing. If you open a book focusing on regular church scholars, explaining them how to study the Bible, they will often speak about the three-step process. First, observe the biblical text. Look to the facts. Then, interpret the biblical text. What is the meaning? And we could, by the way, discern between the meaning then, then, and the meaning now. And then the third step, what is the application for us? The message for us. Well, this simple three-step process is the guideline in the series of blocks. We hope to continue. Thank you.